0: Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Uh, today, oh, we are here for the latest in our Away Mission series. We're back to the retros. It's been a couple months. Um, I am joined by the usual crew, uh, Justin Ayotte. Yo Yo, you? Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And Boris.
1: Have you tried the game yet? You hadn't? Come on, you, you can take mine.
0: I know, she was a little desperate, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, if, if you didn't couldn't already tell, we are here for uh, S- Star Trek The Next Generation Season 5, Episode 6, The Game. Um, okay, so uh, we don't, you know, this is a TV thing. We don't usually do that thing where we start with, like, how did you first find this? We all watch this stuff anyway, so we're just going to skip that. Um, Justin, this was your selection. We're going to get back to, uh, letting, um, people pick things now, now that we're not doing a, a weekly current show. we got a couple weeks before Picard starts, so I figured we could do a couple of these. Um, so, uh, Milos, have one picked. Uh, try to, try to have one picked by the time we're done, because I want to stay ahead. Um, or get it to me shortly after, because I want to announce what it is, too. Um,
2: well, I mean, this would go way, way, way back, but I actually did pick a couple of mine. Oh, I, I thought we... I, oh, yeah! Okay, well, so we'll,
0: we do we we'll do that one. We'll do that one after... Yeah, we'll do that one after after Broken Bow, then we'll do Far Beyond the Stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alright, and two ahead's enough for me. Um, okay. So this is in the middle of um TNG's fifth season. This is the one where Wesley comes back for for essentially for spring break. They don't call it that. But um so
1: That's what it is.
0: <laughs> right. Uh and Justin, you were the one who picked this. Why don't we just really quickly go through what your what your uh what you like about this one or or dislike about this one? You could have picked something because you think it's terrible and you want us to talk about it some. Um But why don't you talk about your reasoning for this selection?
3: Oh, I uh, picked it mostly because I had recently watched it and um, I was watching it. And it's also one of, uh, I wouldn't say it's like my top 10 favorites, but I would say at least in the top 25 favorite episodes. um, I really like this one, mostly because it focuses on like Wesley kind of being like a normal member of the crew. And then, um, and then, like with uh, Ashley Judd as Leftler, I like that whole relationship they had going on, and it kind of shows a, a different dynamic that I think they wanted to have on the show with Ashley on there, but they just never got to it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, after they found their footing, they were able to kind of delve into that kind of stuff, and I like how like they have to figure out what's going on with the ship and. Yeah, they're kind of removed because they're doing their own thing, you know, in terms of like flirting and everything like that. So they're not really part of whatever's going on with this game thing. And then now they have to figure it all out. Plus, I was like, wow, it's really like a lot of like social media stuff. And it's uh, it's a lot of social media stuff that kind of resonates with me that like, you know, everybody with this game thing, like, you know, they were convincing everybody to try it. And then, like, you know, you 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 know, you know, try to force people into, like, looking at it. So that way, you know, you get what's in your head. And it's kind of like an allegory now of, like, social media. Like, you know, you go on social media and they're like, you know, believe this, believe this, believe this, believe this. And they, like, hammer it and hammer it all the time and try to shove it into your head. And then, like you were saying, pregame, like, you know, like the cell phone zombies, like, people just, like, you know, into their phones into their games whatever and it's just like it's just taking over our lives with like the screen time it's very different than when they were going after like screens and stuff back when like we were kids and stuff you know and yeah. those first came out like now it's like it's just gone to a crazy proportion just because you have any in your pocket all the time and even adults again it's hooked to this stuff so yeah so it's it's kind of a little bit of everything i thought it was a really good one to kind of retro it's kind of outside of the you know usually the purview of like a lot of uh trek fans and stuff like that usually you go for like the best of both worlds and measure of a man and which we've done well you guys have done that one and then our which you guys have done and then you know some of the voyager stuff but like this one i thought was like an interesting like you know not not like a world type of episode nice hey justin you
1: remember yeah. when uh, when you were in school and you would you know use your uh, calculator to do basic math basically, mm-hmm. and you know you would get out in front of the blackboard and you know you would ask the teacher if you could use the calculator and she'd tell you you know you're not okay. always gonna have a calculator mm-hmm. with you,
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, that-, you. <laughs> yeah that-, I say that I say that all the time I say that played out wrong. <laughs> Every time I pull my phone out to like uh cause like I need to help like translate for people like when they come in at my job. So like when we don't have somebody who like speaks Spanish, I pull my phone out and I use my phone to thank you, like a universal translator. And um, and, <laughs> and, and then i you know, I was talking to them once and I'm like, Yeah, I said, you know, we basically have a universal translator in our pocket, so why even learn a language? And then I said also they said that we weren't gonna need, we weren't gonna have calculators in our pockets, and I and there was this one teacher, Sister Miriam, that used to always say that, to me. and so I'm always like, "Dit, Sister Miriam," but I like, it's kind yeah, of it's kind yeah. of in jest because she passed away, but it's kind of in jest. Like, Fuck know. you,
0: penguin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, um yeah. so I did really, uh, you know, I think this is one of the ones that I've always just kind of blown over and been like, oh, yeah, this is the one with Wesley, and Ashley Judge shows up. Cool. Um, But I actually, you know, when you suggested this, you know, when I watch things that we do for this, I tend to look at them way more critically. Um, And I did see that stuff you were talking about, about, like, social media and screens and whatever and all that sort of stuff, and I do think that's... I think it has way more... I think it has way more resonance now than it did in uh, 1992 or 19, you know, 1991, whatever year this would have been originally. Um, Yeah. Yep, so I feel like... Even
1: throughout the 90s, man. I mean, even before we all had a computer at home, you know?
0: Yeah, but I just, like he said, I just had this image of like, you know, we get, you know, I live in a college town, so we get a lot of like 18-year-old morons around here and you know I can be on a bus or you know we we use a van service to get around you can be on a van and like pulled up to a crosswalk and there's literally kids on the crosswalk going into the crosswalk just looking at their phone they never look at anything around them and it's like you could very easily just you could very easily just run this person over and who would know like other than that you then
3: then, like I was uh, I was telling I was telling one of the people at work, like, there's this other girl that works with us, and she's, like, constantly on her phone, and she almost ran into, like, three different people on her way back to the window, and I'm, like, and it's happened with all of them. Like, there's, like, a couple of them that, like, just constantly, constantly on their phone, and I'm, like, like, I get it, like, there's a notification thing, but it's, like, you know, you're at work, like, don't, like, just be on your phone, especially when you're trying, you're supposed to be helping people, you know? Yeah. And I feel like yeah. it's just become one of those things where it really is an addiction at, at a point. You know, it's not mm-hmm. as bad. I wouldn't say it's as bad as, like, smoking or drinking or,
0: you know, maybe food. But um, I would yeah.
3: say, like, you know, it's it's getting up there. Maybe the next generation it will be.
0: But they've also shown it can have, like, you know, and I don't want to quote studies or whatever I don't have them in front of me. But they've also shown it can have, like... Pretty negative effects on your brain chemistry, and I almost think that it's starting to affect younger generations' abilities to interact with people. Um, yep. You know, so not to get on, not to get into an old man sermon or anything. Like back in, back in my day, we had know. newspaper for shoes and shit. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, plot-wise here, you know, we pick up with the you know the standard like they have a scientific survey to go and do. Um, and, you know, then... Oh, no, you, we open with the Rises scene. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so we're on Risa.
3: Rikers on Rises. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was uh, not to interrupt you, but that, that was also a really good reason to do it, too, because you kind of get that, you know, Riker as kind of like the Kirkish
0: kind of character, you know? Yeah, he just... Um, I, I, I remember even thinking as a kid, right, so the opening scene is Riker on Risa with some chick, and this chick gives him the the game thing that he carries back to the Enterprise, um, and it's this little headset thing you put over your ears, and it's got these little uh, these little prongs that come out and uh, shoot little beams in your eyes and crap. Um, I remember even as a kid, and they kind
3: of pre- looks like kind of looks like a Google Glass essentially.
0: Yep, and they yep. even back then they even it. Ninety-one. At which point I would have been, you know, fourteen. Um, Riker was pretty. Riker was pretty much established as a man-whore, even at that point. And I was. I remember just thinking to myself, even at fourteen, like because I don't. I don't. I never watched the trailers going into these because I wanted to be completely surprised by what they were. Um, which you know, that's kind of what uh, Milos, you and Boris do that now, I guess. Um, yeah, with movies. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I I remember thinking to myself watching that opening scene where he's on Risa chasing that woman around like, oh is this whole is this whole thing like he's gonna get space aids or something and (laughs) carry it to the crew oh no (laughs) Um, so he goes back he goes back to the ship. Yeah. He goes back to the ship after this short scene on Risa. Everything seems fine. They're doing, like, a scientific survey. They've taken on a bunch of new scientists and, I mean, this is just, like, track laying. This has nothing to do with the actual episode, but they've taken on a bunch of new scientists science teams, and Riker has to delegate... His job is basically to delegate, like, who gets access to what while they're doing this, and they have a shorter time period than they were supposed to have, so he's... He's kind of crunched to figure that out. Um, one thing I did notice, and I know this from the, you know, um, the back in the day they released, like, a technical manual on the of the Enterprise. Um, I think it was just called the Star Trek Next Generation Technical Manual, which was a great resource. It was just, like, blueprints of the ship everywhere. And they mentioned that a big part of the first officer's job was, like, that kind of thing, like, delegating, like, this department gets this, and this department gets this, um, and, you know, I don't ever think they really, it's one of the few times I remember them ever really talking about what Riker did, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. When they weren't in some, like, immediate action situation, what does he do? Like, I always thought as a kid, like, is he, when they're not in something immediate, is he just, like, the vice president, like, sitting somewhere doing nothing? Um... You know, so it was kind of cool to see that he actually does have a job. Um, so then, in the process of doing that, he goes to—he first goes to engineering and uh, starts talking to Jordy about, okay, what do you need? Let's do this, whatever. And uh, Robin Leffler is there, the guest character played by Ashley Judd, who gets a lot of screen time in here. And oh boy, was this a help with me for puberty? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, so she's there. And so he innocently, at first, starts to try to get Jordy to try this game, right? And this is where I had my first hang-up. We talked about this a little bit in the pregame section that didn't make air, obviously. Um, But having seen this before and knowing where this goes, I was just like, why, Given how eye-based this thing seems to be, why would the first person you try to get to do this be a blind guy? Um, and it just it kind of set me off for like five minutes. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And it actually pointed out like uh, there were different ways you could have written this where, you know, the the game could have been something that didn't involve your eyes so much. Or, you know, and I wouldn't have had that question. Like, it wouldn't. If you designed it to be something that didn't blatantly like shoot little beams of energy into your eyeballs, I wouldn't have been like, "How the fuck would this work on Jordy?" Then okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to try that again? Sorry. You're you're going out pretty hard. Oh, sorry. Hello? Yeah, you're you're going out pretty hard. You want to try that again? Hello? Can you hear me?
2: We can hear kind,
3: now. kind of, go ahead. did
2: you hear anything you said before.
3: Okay, hold on. Sorry, I had to move my car. Um, yeah, so oh, he's driving? I think... No, 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 I'm not driving. I was just, like, just moving, so...
0: It... Oh, okay. I was going to say, make a Starbucks order and put it on air. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first real hang-up with this like I get that the goal is to get everybody on the crew to do this But why start with the blind guy, you know? That was my first thing Um, Yeah, go
3: Okay, okay, cool cool cool. So yeah, so my 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 point was is that um, I was like uh, I think they chose Jordy because him and Riker were classmates and they are like friends and they have this history, so I think it was just more of a, you know, two buddies chatting when they're coming back from an away yep. mission. So then he's yep. already Riker's already brainwashed <laughs> at this point. So it, I think it was just more of a, like just trying to get whoever they can to be, uh, you know, yeah, to be on the uh, thing. So mm. yeah, I, I get I get your point that it was probably a bad idea, but. I mean, I think if they tried to go into the science of it, I think it might have been, like, worse, to be honest. Yeah, I, like, I it can see been, that. Yeah, that's like why, if they showed him, you like...
2: Infected screen.
3: Yeah, because really then it would have yeah, been like, oh, yeah, you have to take his visor off and, you know, flash him in the eye or something, or maybe there's some kind of mechanic that's in the thing that flashes in his eye or whatever, or flashes in yeah. the visor. Yeah, like yep. the mechanics of it don't really make sense, but I get I get your beef with it. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, but I, I put it aside because obviously, you know, the point of it is that they're trying to essentially infect the entire ship with this thing. Um, so obviously, you gotta have you gotta get it to him somehow. But then, then my thought process was, okay, if they've been thinking about this a little more, maybe Jordy could have been the one who gets them out of it, not you know. Not Data is the one who ends up getting them out of it, but maybe they could have rewritten it in such a way where Jory is the one who gets them out of it um, because it doesn't work that's,
3: on you. He, he, he could have been working with Wesley or something, but I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I think the whole point of it well, was I, to make it a Wesley and Robin episode.
0: Yeah, well, you can also, I realized, too, and this is kind of more the reason I just dropped it and went, kept going, was that if you had somebody... If you had somebody at Jordy's level in the command structure who wasn't affected by it, it's nowhere near as much of a problem as it ends up being. Exactly. Um, so, See,
3: at this point, at this point, he's what uh, fourth? He's like fourth. fourth in, he's like fourth
0: in command of the entire ship. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. because um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Picard, Raker, Data, yeah, and then Jordy, I guess.
0: Yep. Oh, I should mention too. I thought this scene was hilarious. Uh, at one point before before the scene with Riker and Jordy in the game, uh, Wesley ends up on the ship because they mentioned you know, he's basically on, like, spring break and he wanted to come hang out on the ship. Because, I mean, you know, this wasn't, like, w- what I remember with him is, you know, this wasn't, like, a regular, like, crew posting. This kid grew up on the ship His quarter- and his mom is here and his, basically, entire surrogate family is here. So, like, it makes sense that he would want to do that. Um, so he goes, he comes back for a visit and they, they throw him like a little surprise party, but they like stonewall him at first to be like, oh yeah, go sit here and wait for people. Um, and then, you know, he says, can I go to the lounge and like pop in on everybody? Cause he's told by O'Brien that they're in a meeting and stuff. So he just walks in, they throw him a little surprise party thing, which was kind of cute. Had some, uh weird little moments that I couldn't help getting a laugh out of, like, uh, uh, Data laughing awkwardly at some joke, um, and, like, it's, you know, and, and I know they had emphasized the whole thing where he's trying to figure stuff like that out, but he just sounded like a serial killer to me. Um, and then the other, the other thing was Worf made some sort of, like, alien dessert thing, and I was just like, I'm not sure I would eat anything that Worf made. like, and he's he's so proud of it and it wasn't I
2: think, I think he actually made some kind of lava cake.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't I was I was laughing because it wasn't Klingon food and I was like, Okay, he made some sort of like alien thing. I'm not sure I would eat anything that were handmade. I just <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you wanted to I just pictured, like, him yelling at ingredients, like, die, you piece of shit! (laughs) Like, I'm gonna shoot you out in airlock. Um, so yeah, that was a fun little bit. That was before, you know, and he gets recruited to... Riker kind of asks him to, you know, aside from whatever relaxation you want to be doing, like, we could use a hand with some of this science shit, and you're good at that. So, um, he's doing stuff in engineering, and he meets Robin, um... Who, as we mentioned before, played by Ashley Judd, um, and obviously she goes on not from this. She'd been on an she was on an NBC show after this, like one of those shows for chicks um, that I remember watching kind of because my mom liked it at the time. Um, I think it was called Sisters, maybe. Um, my mom liked it, so I ended up seeing a couple episodes secondhand, um, and. Uh, so she's, you know, I think she was like an ensign or maybe a low-grade lieutenant or something, and um, I I think she's, and they make a point of like, she's heard all the stories about Wesley from being on this ship, and I think they said she knew people at the Academy who knew him to some extent, so she kind of already sort of knows what the public perception of him is, and and some of the stuff that might not necessarily be true. Um, I also enjoyed in the in the party and before the party scene or maybe maybe it was after no i think it was after because he was he was in the corridor talking to somebody i think it was data about college stuff and i really got a kick out of that because
1: about sadie Hawkins dance
0: yeah because that felt like you know my big gripe with wesley has always been and i think you guys would largely agree with me, but we we'll, we can talk about that. Uh, my biggest gripe with Wesley has always been and I was the age he was supposed to be when that show aired originally. And um, I, I know that Roddenberry created the character because he thought it would give the show sort of an in with children. Most kids I know who watched it when I was that age hated him because he was not a realistic depiction of what a kid would be like i get he's supposed to be a prodigy but i mean it's just it was just kind of like you know what And the the hang up i always had was why is this 12 year old douchebag saving the fucking ship every week when when they have the h- most the like highest level crew of all the starfleet is on this ship and they need this 12 year old kid to constantly bail them out um and this was one of the few episodes where I actually liked him. I think it extends to Final Mission, this one, The First Duty, and uh, Journey's Journeys End, which are the only ones where he's written well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of my my thing. Um, I've been saying a lot, so why does not somebody... And we'll get back to the plot in a second. I do have one other scene I felt was hilarious that I want to get to. Um, but if anybody else has anything, I'd like to take a break for a minute. Um, um
1: yeah, um, I had thoughts about, uh, did we mention Deanna Troy at all in this episode? Oh, no, that was
0: the next thing I wanted to get to. Why don't I do that? Um, so Riker goes to 10 forward and you, you see, uh, Troy sitting there with her normal, her regular diversion of a chocolate ice cream sundae, right? And, you know, this is one of those things where, like, I get they're going for humor, but I've never liked this. This is something that they regularly bring up with Troy, like the whole her chocolate obsession, right? And it just, and it, it's always kind of felt to me like, oh, this is how you write women in the 80s. They're all obsessed with chocolate and all this kind of crap. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, but I just, thought it, I just thought it was great. Like, there's a bit that shows, like, the relationship between her and Riker where he comes up behind her and realizes she's doing that and he just kind of goes would you prefer I left you alone right now (laughs) um and then he sits down with her and she basically starts going through this entire description of like the process of eating one of these ice cream sundaes or whatever and it just it was borderline food porn it sounded like she wanted to fuck it I was just yeah. like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was drinking, man. I, I mean, I never drink so much.
3: Have that Say that again. I, I, look like, I, I said, I would have fucked that Sunday. That's a delicious Sunday. <laughs> oh,
0: man. I know, but I think. Oh, man. Uh, I,
3: I think. Hey, as, as a fat guy and a fat kid, I always used to love that scene just because I was like, I'm right there with you, Deanna.
0: Yep. <laughs> I, I think the. Uh... I think the, the the subtext of that like, <laughs> I think the, the subtext the, the subtext of that one pretty much went over my head at fourteen. I'm like, he's basically he's basically asking he's basically asking her like, do you want to get a room with your food right now? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I just completely you know and at at the time and I I did think it was funny now, but it's funny in a completely different way at, at 45. It is it 14. Um, Dude, the only thing
1: that w- kept going through my head as I was watching this scene like not like yeah. the last time I watched this episode was a few years back. Yeah. Uh, my opinion of this scene was a bit different. But now I was yeah. thinking like how did she keep her uh, face straight during filming of this? Like how many takes <laughs> did this scene take?
0: Well, I think do this?
1: I, because this is fucking hilarious.
0: I think the whole thing is like, you know, I've I remember the scene in general and it's also been a it's only been a couple years since I watched this because obviously I ran through all of TNG during the lockdowns in 20 and 21 um, but I just remember I remember that being much shorter I thought it was just a throwaway line the whole thing goes on for like three or four minutes and I'm just like holy fucking Christ like what? You know, what is what is she going to talk about next? Like, I put the spoon in a freezer, and it helps with the, like, oh, my God, just, no.
1: No, no, you put it under hot water. Under hot yeah. water, that way the ice cream melts more easily.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep, okay. So no, I mean, it's a good scene. It's funny. It shows the, the I mean, under...
1: I mean, it's cringy, man. I mean, I've, yeah. never, I've, no. I've never seen this scene as cringy before, and this was, I was like... Man, this is so cringe. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was... Man. I think it's a worthwhile scene. It shows the, the relationship they have with each other already. Um, I did enjoy it. I just It goes way too long. And she's borderline just having an orgasm on set yep. over Yeah, it, that was know? my next like, ho- ho- Holy Christ, man. Yeah, uh, she was
1: having an orgasm, man. I was like, yeah. cow, why? Like, why? Why are they doing this? yeah uh, yeah it's it's (laughs) crazy so he
0: gets he gets her to he gets her to try the game off screen um, which I assume he's doing with a lot of people and those people are then doing it with all their friends and it's like if somebody told you to jump off a bridge would you do it was the thing I kept coming back to Um, Mm. I do think it's funny that like and obviously they whoever gave them this designed it to be this way but like it's easily replicatable to like, they can just create another one off a replicator. Um, what I should say right here is that this does have some very rudimentary CGI in it. Um, they basically just took like a like a upscaled version of an '80s video game and put it over the put it over the screen a couple times just to show what they're seeing. And uh, you know, at the time, I remember thinking that was pretty revolutionary, because that kind of stuff hadn't really been done that much. We are, at this point, we are two years away from Odo existing, uh, which was one of the major uh, CGI hallmarks on TV. Um, sure. So, you know, it, Star Trek, laying track for everything, basically. Um, and some Someday we'll do Emissary, and we'll talk about how uh, how little they tried to do auto shape shifting stuff because of how fucking expensive it was to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, but they always found a way to do it in just the right moments at just the oh, right yeah. time, and when in they the got right circumstances. So and when they got uh, more, and when they paid, off a lot.
0: Yep, and when they got more money in later seasons, and the technology became easier, it was they did more. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do emissary someday, and we'll talk about how when I went through it this most recent time. Uh, my favorite character on the show changed entirely. Um, I had been a huge Bashir fan for years and years and years, and maybe it was just because he died recently, or recently when I was what? watching it. But no, not Bashir. I was going to say because Jean died recently. Maybe I found maybe I found myself gravitating toward Odo more. But Odo is now my favorite character on that show. Um, yeah, Odo's great. So, But we'll we'll get into that someday. We'll do an Odo-centric show at some point. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Riker's passing the game around. And while that's going on, you know, uh, Wesley and Robin are sort of developing a thing. And they just sort of mention offhandedly, like, what's with all these people playing this stupid thing all the time? Um, you know, and I think that's after... He has a date with her, but... Oh, that's after the scene where... Everly is like Outright pimping the fucking game at him uh, Which I believe Boris you referenced some of those lines In our open um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah she's like Outright pushing this thing on him And I, I was waiting for some kind of Line of like but mom you never let me Play video games when I was a kid why now <laughs> um, You know so I think The fact that she is so aggressive About it kind of sets him off like Okay this might not be great um, so then he and Robin are talking about, like, why is everyone doing this? What's going on here? Dude, so...
1: Siddig is still alive, man.
0: No, well, I know he is. I was talking about Odo when I said that. Oh, uh, Odo, you...
1: yeah. <laughs> the way you, the way you talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I, you know? I, I, wor- I worded, I worded it
0: badly, yeah. Uh, yeah, but for I, sure, man. But, yeah. Um, so, uh.
2: You have a mini heart attack right there.
0: Yeah, so I did, I did think it was interesting uh, they, uh, Robin and Wes, and Wesley decided to, like, take one of the game units and, like, look at the actual mechanism, and they're walking out of 10 forward, and the camera shifts to, like, you see them walking out, and there's a guy, a random guy, like, a gold shirt sitting at the bar, who, like, has his look on his face when well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, is that guy essentially spying on them now? And like that's how the, the rest of the people are going to realize that you know maybe they're not entirely with it, but then the guy just puts the thing on his head, and I'm not sure whether they actually meant to do that or not um,
1: I, I think they they show the the uh, addiction uh, the process of addiction very, very nicely in that one shot
0: yeah, why well,
1: well, that, and there's also in
0: that same ten forward scene, there's somebody who is like. There's some random gold shirt who is absolutely fucking zoned out on the thing just like oh, yeah. sit, sitting in a chair with her head cocked back she might as well have been drooling um, yep. Yep. which you know i think also great yeah well. also
1: great moment with uh, with uh, chief o'brien uh, hooked to the thing too
0: <laughs> yeah yep and o'brien shows up at the beginning too has a nice little conversation with wesley before all this starts and i realized too like um having watched Deep Space Nine fairly recently, you know, I realized that, you know, most of my most of the things I go to with O'Brien now are DS9 things, that's where he, you know, got most of his, like, high-level screen time, but it's nice to see him with this crew again, too, and you kind of remember that was where he that was where he got his start from. Shout-out to Col Meany, by the way. Um, so, uh, so they figure out that it that the game somehow, uh, affects your brain, and, um, I don't know if they ever say that it makes you more susceptible to suggestion, which it essentially, we find out it essentially does do that, I don't think that, I don't think they call that out, though, during that scene, um, and then they also realize that, oh, this is being, uh, this is affecting everyone, and then Wesley goes, oh, there's only one person, that this wouldn't have any effect on, and they realize that data would be a help here. And I think there was a, a throwaway throw line somewhere earlier about how um, data had been deactivated because of having some kind of problem. Um, and yep. then, and then Robin says, like, kind of suspicious that they shut him off right before all this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so they go and they look at. They look at data, they don't turn him back on right away. Um, they look at data, they find, figure out that he has a couple of connections that have been uh, severed, and it's too clean to have been an accident. And he says, Wesley says, there's only two people who would even know about this, Geordie and my mom. So that, you know, So he then realizes, oh, this goes way higher than just like random people Playing this stupid thing. So he goes to Picard and expresses his concerns, and Picard's just like, oh, yeah, it's no big, you know, we'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not especially concerned right now. And this is another thing where I have a, not a hang up necessarily, but I wish they had shown, like, because uh, Wesley leaves the writing room after having this discussion with Picard, then it's silent for a second, and you see. Picard, put the thing on, and just kinda of sit there. My hang up is I don't think with the way they've established this character, I don't I don't think this is something he would do unless he was forced. So like
2: Yeah, that was that was my hang up as well, because usually I mean, you're talking about a guy who wouldn't play poker with the preach crew yeah. at the very end of the show. I kindly doubted that if they walked into his office, ended <laughs> in the game, and be like, "Hey, play this. either like, either hey, that." Or
3: okay. Well, it might have might have been Beverly who did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, she could have gotten them to, or or maybe yeah, or maybe Deanna time, went in, in there and was whole, like, the whole, uh,
2: "They did, they did uh, show you that they forced, they tried to force uh, Wesley and Robin into playing it. So like, it would make sense that they would actually force."
0: Yeah, but it, but again, it's the same reason why you have to why you have to do it on Jordy, even though it makes no sense. Where like, yeah. if the highest ranking person on the ship doesn't do it, then this doesn't become a problem in any way. Um, but I do I do think it would have been nice to like, you know, maybe he's the one you actually show being physically forced to put the thing on, or it's it's or they don't establish really quite how how quickly the thing works because if it works in like two minutes and you're then suddenly a mindless zombie, I mean I could see him doing it for like two minutes and in a normal situation he'd be like, Beverly, this is fucking stupid, you're just putting frisbees in a, in a tube like it's fucking retarded like, you know <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah,
2: but I think they kind of show with Wesley later on when they finally put it on Wesley, kind of takes immediate effect
0: yeah. So. Yep. So, so yeah, we'll we'll write that off. I just I think that's way more character thought than they wanted to have with this yeah. idea. Um, yeah. So, and I don't fault them for it. It's a, it's a good episode yeah, in general. That's the
2: thing: like, he could have taken, uh, you know, he could have taken the, the Troy's uh, Sunday orgasm and actually used that time to show them for Picard to have been more driven <laughs> Yep. I For
1: mean, sure, man. <laughs> they... Oh man, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, basi- so basically, the rest
0: of it from this point forward becomes like he's the only w- he and Robin are the only ones who aren't doing it, right? And there can be only one. So, <laughs> so they're running around trying to figure out a way to get data back because they figured data can help. Um, and uh, at one point. You know, Wesley's in an elevator, and he's trying to get away from them. He goes to, he goes, or no, that's after this, but he goes to engineering, and this is another hang-up that I had, right? Uh, They somehow get Robin to do it, and I'm guessing that was uh, another thing where they basically just pinned her down and put it on her head. I was kind of disappointed by this because I thought it sort of robs the whole thing of, like, he and Robin are the only ones who can work together to figure this out. And then, in the last five minutes, he's by himself. And I get that yeah, it's
2: Yeah, like... my. He's my. That's my main. Like, that, that's my Wesley to go out of the airlock at any point, moment. It's like.
0: Yeah. You do need
2: Wesley to save it. You. Like you could easily have kept it Wesley and Robin running around the ship, getting chased.
0: Yeah, but like, then I. But again, then, he he then I a lot
2: more story driven than Robin. Like he shows up later in the engine room, and, like, she's already there, and she's
3: already
0: transformed. So it's like... Eh. Yep. I also... I, I get I get why they did this, too, though. They never made guest characters a huge priority on that show. So, like, of exactly, course she's gonna... This was her
2: last appearance.
0: <laughs> yep. I, did, I do want to credit, and just again, another thing I thought was funny, and this goes back a little bit, but at one point they're in... um, I want to say they're in Wesley's quarters, and they go... Um, they're sitting there, and um, they know that everybody else is trying to get them to do it. And apparently, they've made some fake ones that don't actually do the thing, but you can make it look as if you're doing the thing. And like Beverly and Worf go in there to check on them, and like mm-hmm. they're, they're just like sitting on the couch. And I felt like I had seen Ashley Judd's O face after that. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I felt that was a little weird, and that was another thing that, at, like. Fourteen, I'm not gonna notice, but now it's just like, oh, okay, that's a bit more than I needed right now, <laughs> but okay. Um, so then, uh, the I think,
3: whole... well, I think, I think this whole, I think this whole thing is kind of an allegory for sex, to be honest with you. I mean, between between them actually having sex at the beginning of the show, and then her with her Sunday, and then Robin and Wesley kind of doing that like fake it till you it type of thing. And then like everybody kind of being forced to do things i mean you could see it as kind of an allegory to like you know sex and
0: gang pleasure or whatever i guess
2: no yeah it's definitely
3: yeah. there
0: it's yeah. definitely there yeah um yes whoever wrote this was very horny uh <laughs>
1: yeah also i think this is the episode uh, so, uh i think uh, belisario watched this and thought of as uh, gibbs's rules for NCIS, uh, from this episode,
0: I was gonna mention that she had uh, the whole thing with Robin is that she has like personal rules, right? And then yeah, I thought nothing of that in 1991. I thought that was kind of cute. Of course, you
1: didn't.
0: Um. <laughs> so, and you know, we'll talk about Robin a little bit more at the end because she does have a second life in some of the novels and stuff. Um, but then, then when I watched this during. You know, during the lockdown period and then again now, like my wife is a huge NCIS person, right? So I've now been where I hadn't been before until the last ten years or so, I'm I've now been exposed to the Mark Harmon character and all those those weird rules he has. And I remember I do remember thinking, as you just said, did whoever did NCIS steal this from that? Um or steal that from this show and this oh, character? For sure. Like,
1: man. For sure. I, I wonder I'm if um, you. I'm yeah,
0: you. I yeah. wonder if whoever uh, first create is it Bill Asario, the same guy who did Quantum Leap by the way um Yeah 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 yeah
1: he's the he's the same guy yeah He yep. did Jag before he did NCIS NCIS is basically a spin off of Jag you know Right
0: which is w- which ended up being way more successful than Jag was Um Oh for sure yeah But uh, I actually prefer it with Gary Cole to be honest um uh,
1: I'm not gonna mm. comment on that simply because you know tastes <laughs> are uh, yeah. subjective. But yeah. he's great, yeah, Gary Cole. Yeah. Let,
0: me, sure. let me let me put it this way: I never liked I never liked it with Harmon, and I've sort of been side watching it in the background for the last twelve years because Corey watches it religiously. I actually watch it with Gary Cole. Because I actually enjoy him way more. I also think I also think of Lumberg with a gun and a badge, which <laughs> do- doesn't hurt um, <laughs> every, time he's, every time he says anything of, and this this will be the last part of this digression I want to make I promise anytime he uh, the the Parker character says anything administrative. I always turn to Corey and go like Yeah, so I'm gonna have to ask you to come in on Saturday. Yeah. I think, I
1: think they did an Easter egg of sorts where and he if, said, Yeah, all right, or something to that degree. And if you and, and you if you
0: could come in on if you can come in on Sunday too, that'd be great. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm,
1: that'd be great. That's what he said. That'd be great.
0: I'm waiting for um I'm waiting for and maybe they've already done it. Because I think maybe they might have already done it and maybe I already had a laugh at it. But he's been on it now for like a year and a half or two years or something. I'm waiting for him to make a reference. TPS reports. Um, they did. Oh, of course they did. I'm sure they, they did. did. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah,
1: there was there was an episode about that, man. I'm sure of it. There was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: off of uh, back to our original point. I could probably go on about that for another twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> so, but yes, I am not, I am now a legit NCIS fan because of Gary Cole. Uh, where I could have taken or left it. I could have taken or left it before now. Um, so anyway,
1: Wait till you wait till you get to NCIS New Orleans, man.
0: Uh, we watched that for she watched that one too. We watched we watched that for Bacula or I tried it because of Bacula and it just didn't do anything for me. Ah,
1: okay. I, think because I liked I, it. I liked I, it better than the other ones.
0: Cuz I liked I liked him but I didn't like anybody else. Like all the rest <laughs> of the characters was like I don't give a shit. Um, so Okay, anyway, so um, Wesley the last one who's not using this game. There's some scenes where he's running around putting force fields up and stuff, but eventually they do catch him, and this is they drag him to the bridge. This is where you find out that basically the whole thing was set up by that woman on Risa who works for some alien fleet somewhere, and I think they were trying to just take the Enterprise over. Um, I don't know that it was, was up
1: there
0: basically right but, actually... right but they wanted to start with the enterprise right
1: yeah they um, wanted to do the uh what's his face uh, from prodigy i uh, think basically
0: oh okay um the diviner the say, Divi- like, they wanted know, to do
1: the she's... whole diviner thing right because
2: when she does give her the whole like uh you know she starts giving them orders like you take the shuttle and you go to starbase 68 whatever it is that's yep. What call. They get spread it through the academy. So, yeah.
0: They basically want to make they basically want to make all the Starfleet mindless zombies. Um, which you know, cool. Um, so at the end there, they uh, they they put it on Wesley, as I believe Boris said, and he's obviously affected by it pretty quickly. And then in in what I consider to be one of the most anticlimactic endings to one of these episodes ever the whole thing is r- resolved because data walks in to the bridge turns the lights off turns the lights off and flashes a flashlight around and then yeah i mean, i
3: get how it's anticlimactic but i mean that's technically how you like how you like stop them from being under the control is by having like a flashing light yeah and, like yeah no i get it it is anticlimactic it's not like what which also is Kind of a little bit, the reason why I kind of like this one is that it's not like a big giant like space fight or something, or it's not yeah. like you know, wharf, you know, punching somebody in the face or something. you know what I mean yeah. you know, I mean, and
0: they, and they regularly had resolutions like this where, you know, because they don't they don't have a lot of money per episode. It's not expressly an action show, so not everything has to end that way. I just thought it I just thought it was a little like, You know, it's supposed to be this huge, this huge tension moment that they finally put it on Wesley and he's now a zombie. And then that's ended by like, Data's just like, here, let me flip the light switch off and flash this thing in your face. Like, uh, okay, sure.
1: Um, How many sexual in this episode, man?
0: Yeah, tons. Yeah, I almost, I almost want 70s porn music running through a lot of this. For (laughs) sure. So, so they figure they figure out how it works, and Data figures out, you know, the exact thing that will break people out of it—the light sequence or whatever—and um, the the ship who that had given them this was like cloaked and hanging off in a corner. So they, so they pretty much arrest those people. Um,
1: yeah, because they went to meet them anyway. So
0: yep, I thought it was funny where you know Data comes in and tells them what's really going on after they all, they all break out of it. He's like the. The ship that did this to us is, like, hanging off hanging off to the side there. Can you, like, he turns to Worf and goes, like, can you throw up a tractor beam and catch them, please? And uh, Worf is just very much, like, engaging tractor beam, sir. And I'm thinking this has the undertone of, like, God, I want to kill them right now. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm getting to the point with Worf where, like, everything he ever says, my brain just goes, shoot it, shoot it. Uh, so, yep. So, Chip,
2: they... Uh... so
0: they So they figure this out, and then, you know, at the very end there, Wesley is going to go back to the Academy. Obviously, has, like, a nice little goodbye scene with Robin. Um, would have been nice if they did more with this, but obviously I think Wheaton comes back one more time after this, yeah. so it's not like they yeah, would have
3: don't. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, – I, I can't remember. I think Will Wheaton was talking about it before. I don't know if it was a mix of – him not wanting to be there and them not kinda of wanting him there just because there really wasn't anything to do with him. So I think that's why they made him like the the visitor yeah. or the Well by that point by that hand
0: point hand he had already, he wanted out yeah. because yeah. I think the story he always tells is that he got offered some role in some huge movie at yeah. the time to- at the time that they're, they're that, that Paramount told him he couldn't do it because of the show. But then he says around the time of the show, after I asked this, they expressly didn't put me in any, you know, the, sh- the shoot I was supposed to go on was like six weeks. They didn't put me in anything for six weeks, but then told me I couldn't do it. So I basically just sat there and did nothing while I missed out on this huge movie that I could have been in. And then I think he, he was gone by that point, by the time this rolls around, because I think Final Mission was the season before this. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, you know, he was fully off the show, and I think this is one of two appearances he makes coming back. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, besides
3: Nemesis, but
0: yeah. Yeah, but he's, yeah. In cu- he's in cut scenes for that. He's not actually in it. Is he not actually? I thought he was oh. at, like, the table. No, he's never... No. He, in in uh, the actual, in the actual the most you might get and i don't think he's in the what we see at all uh, the I the thought most, he was at
3: that big table that they were all sitting at there was not right,
0: stuff, i was i don't think you actually see him though i know uh, he's in, i know he's in i know he's in like scenes that they cut out and are probably on the dvd or whatever yeah, I yeah think i've they,
3: seen that and i think yeah. he has lines in that too
0: yeah but i think the actual movie he's not in um, hmm. so this is, uh, after this one, he comes back in season seven for journey's end. And that is essentially the last time we see him until the last episode of Picard season two, where he was also really good, um, for that one little cameo hmm. bit. Um, I think, yeah, yeah that's not, yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't Wesley though. That was, was it Wesley? The thing at the yeah. end, the thing at the end? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was travel. Uh, it it was Traveller oh, Tra- Wesley. Yeah.
3: Traveller Wesley, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he comes and takes Isa. Uh, yep. Yeah,
3: uh, that's right. Yeah. see, I tried, I tried to, uh, I tried to. Yeah, that was the best
0: okay, like... moment, <laughs> that was the best moment of that episode, for God's sakes, when he shows up. Um, so, uh, I, tried, yeah. it, it, it I tried to it says, it, it
2: says a lot about the episode.
0: And that yeah. season in the best, general. Is the best
2: part of it. Exactly. But if you
0: but if you want to go back and listen to that, go listen to our Stockholm Syndrome on on season two, <laughs> where we're like, it started out so well, and we're like, oh god, no, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. no, and then you get, and then, and then you just get to listen to Justin just freak the fuck out. <laughs> yep, yeah. even I, even I, Mister Positive was like, this is so bad, why, why. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm debating even whether I
2: Even I gave up on it and I still love it I'm debating what
0: one of it. I'm going to try to watch it all again before the I new know, one starts I'm not um, be anywhere near that I'm de- Well, I'm debating if I want to do that or just listen to all of our reviews and wait until three ends and then just watch it all at once um,
2: I Honestly, at this point if it comes between Season two of Picard, and banging my head on the wall. I'm banging my head
0: on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, but we did do a bunch of reviews on that stuff. I would also, I would also. We're a couple weeks away from uh, from the premiere of season three, which I am still as bad as season two was. I am super excited for three, uh, knowing what they're doing with it. Um, the, it's basically the TNG reunion season, so. Uh, I'm super excited for it. Um, I do wish, as I believe I said when we did, farewell. I do wish they'd found a way to keep some of the established Picard characters around instead of being like, okay, get out, get out, get out. Um, (laughs) You know, because there are some pairings I would have liked to have seen um, with that. I would have liked to have seen Rios and Riker. I would have liked to have seen Elnor and Worf, but they're not going to do any of those things. Um, so there we go. Uh, so, uh, solid pick, Justin. I think there is a lot you can get out of this now. I do think, like I said earlier, I do think this has more resonance now than it did then, um, at least for me. Maybe as an adult who's more aware of the things they're trying to get at here, um, but I also think, like Believe you it, said...
2: Not just that, but even like the technology where we are now compared to where we were at the once.
0: Like, yeah.
2: one of those that just ages differently, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very true. I think, I think because we have become so dependent on technology. I mean, look, I'm sitting on a computer right now talking to you guys. And back in 91, that never would have been able to be a thing. Um, and I mean, we're... I mean, you know, I mean, we wouldn't even have known each other
3: because right. have been in any way for us to ever meet. Right. Oh yeah. So I mean, I think, I think the main thing is that like in a lot of truck shows, like a lot of truck episodes, it shows like, Oh, like data pads became cell phones and tablets and you know, whatever. Like there's always technological changes that Star Trek shows us. But I think this one is more of a sociological and, and mental change that they are yep. kind of forewarning us about. Yep.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, like you said, it. There's no way we would, any of us who do this show together, would have been able to meet each other if not for the internet. Like, two of you, two of you guys, are in a completely different country from us on the other side of the, um, maybe not the other side of the planet, but far enough away where, you know, if we had been had to had to do stuff like this through normal means in 1991, there's no way I ever even would have conceived of meeting people from where you guys are. You know, so like. If that's one of the lasting effects of this technology, great. But yeah, I do think it's a an effective commentary on reliance on technology. Um, I al- I almost kind of picture like, um, and obviously, Corey's gone right now. But she watched this one with me when I was watching when I watched it originally in my run through TNG. She was like, in that that scene where they had the the uh, the. Ashley Judd O-Face scene, which I mentioned before, she I remember her saying, like, isn't that what kids look like now if you take a phone away from them? Not, <laughs> you know. And I was just like, you know, I, I think you're probably right about that. Um, so this this um, this episode did have a, at least one, you know, and I know I bring up the, the non-canon novels where they're appropriate, uh, every so often, I know I'm probably the only one who's read any of that stuff, but um, at one point, uh, Robin Leffler does go on to be a pretty significant character in one of the book lines. Um, there was a, a thing in the uh, mid to late 90s written by Peter David called uh, Star, Star Trek New Frontier, which was a, a set in the TNG period and was about a separate um, galaxy class ship crew uh, with a completely new captain, a couple of characters that were made up for the for the books, and then people who had... The, a lot of the characters who were made up for the books had ties to uh, existing TNG characters, and then there were a couple of, um, like, background TNG-adjacent characters that were major parts of that crew, like Robin was, I believe, the science officer, and... Um, Dr. Silar, who was on Crusher's staff at one point, was the chief medical officer. You had, and I believe I mentioned this back when we were doing uh, Prodigy, um, you had a member of rocktax species, which they, the book's established to be, and I think they mentioned the name of her species on one of the Prodigy episodes. A they did, but I forget the it, name. It was a Brickar. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, probably, yeah. the, the chief of security on the USS Excalibur, which was the ship that this, this book line was based on, was a Brickar who was also Worf's Academy roommate. Um, so that was the tie there. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty good book line. I don't know how easy the stuff would be to find now. Uh, I, uh, I, I actually, just, I,
2: just uh, had, I just, had an idea going back to the Worf cooking Imagine a cooking show with Worf and a roommate, an Academy roommate.
0: So uh, you know, you know, you know, it'd you know be even better because there actually isn't there actually isn't established cooking tie here. Worf and Pike on a cooking show.
1: Oh, well, well, true. There was a, there's a bunch of uh, memes with uh, with uh, Martok or uh, yeah, with Martok where he has a cooking channel or something. Yeah. Yeah, I found a I, bunch of memes. Uh, they're pretty funny. I can just
3: picture what uh, like... I uh, I actually just found and bought uh, the audio audio Audible version of the first four new Frontier <laughs> <laughs> books. Apparently, apparently they grouped them all together into one book.
0: Yeah, the about
3: fir- four and a half hours long.
0: Yeah, the first sure. the first four books were really short. Uh, I remember that I remember it being structured like. Um, this was around the same time, I think, that uh, Stephen King's The Green Mile was being put out, and it was basically being put out chapter by chapter in, like, small books, like, every week or two, and I feel like they kind of tried to do something similar with that, and then that went on for a good while. There's a good number of those. Um, it was actually quite fun. Peter David's a really good writer. I mean, I know most people, most people who listen to our shit would probably know his comics work more than more than novels and stuff but he he writes this really well it works well within the established frame of what Tng was at this point um, so yeah if you if you try those and you like it I would recommend going continuing that um, and they're they're quick reads and I know a quick read for me is different than a quick read for you no offense uh, um, but I I don't I think those are things that if you're enjoying them you'd have no problem getting through them because they're not they're not well, like, well, super. for me,
3: it'll be a, a four and a half hour read. So nice because I'll
0: be because I'll be listening so four to four and a half listen.
3: Nice. I, nice. Still, I, still gotta, I still gotta finish uh, the terminal list, though. I got I think I got about four and a half hours left in that. So,
0: oh, you don't want to know how many books I've read since we did that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
0: Uh, okay, um, a dream, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like 25. Um, but uh yeah so okay good show here guys um as i I think i mentioned earlier on next next one of these we're gonna do which i hope will be next weekend if everybody has time we are today is what the 28th we are currently 17 days away or 19 days away from the premiere of Star Trek Picard Season 3. So we might try to jam a couple of these retros in before that, um, just to keep this going. Um, We do have... um, If you want to go back, we have reviews of all of Picard up to this point. We did Season 1 as one show uh, just because by the time we started doing this, I think Season 1 had already aired, um, and we didn't want to go back and do episode by episode on that. But we do have... um, single episode reviews of season two and like i said you can just kind of listen to our descent into madness during that um so also uh just a little personal shout
3: out it's my dad's birthday today so happy birthday
0: he's not happy birthday happy Happy birthday birthday, justin's dad Dad. you just called him jason
3: no i don't know that's okay
0: that's okay i've been called jason before (laughs) Um, so uh, next one of these we do will be uh, the Enterprise pilot uh, Broken Bow Um, I'm efforting to get a uh, special guest for that uh, somebody I know through the Mission Log Discord uh, group that is uh, he's probably about my age I think based on uh, conversations we've had although I don't know that for sure and he's watching Enterprise for the first time now so I thought it would be very interesting. And Justin, the reason I selected that one is largely because I know you haven't watched a lot of that. Um and mm-hmm. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it as well. But uh we were I was in a conversation with this guy on the on the mission log Discord and he mentioned being like halfway through season one right now in a first time watch. And I I remember thinking to myself, Oh, that would be really interesting to get the viewpoint of somebody who probably watched Broken Bow for the first time ever, like, three months ago. You know? Mm. And didn't have the doesn't have the baggage with all of Enterprise, that somebody like me who watched it at our initial airing probably has. Um, yeah. So we're gonna do that maybe, hopefully, next weekend, but we'll see how that shakes out. And then Milos, you had mentioned uh, "Far Beyond the Stars," which we were gonna do a while back, but then we got it started getting into the movies and stuff. So we'll go back to that one yeah, after actually, if, As
2: far as I know, I think we were gonna do we were gonna do duet, and we were gonna do
0: and Malora, son of a bitch. Yeah,
2: we were gonna do Malora as well.
0: I fucking I hate that was
2: I think that was scheduled um, way before.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we
2: before my pick.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: well, things kind of got screwed up with uh, every Star Trek show being on air every
0: yeah, week. So it's we, okay. We can Cuz we went like Strange New Worlds prodigy in a row and it was just, yeah. yeah. It's all good. We I love all of it. You know, I'm not I'm not ripping on anybody for that scheduling. I think it's great. Um, I'm hoping next year with Prodigy they just give us all 20 in a row, but they're not going to do that. I'm sure. I just don't need the the Five on, five off thing, which they thankfully did not do for the final ten. I was very happy about yeah, that. They
1: do it ten and ten, that's okay, but three, four, five, two. Oh come on guys. Yeah. It was
0: it, I think the first ten, and we brought it up repeatedly on those shows, was five yeah, yeah. five break five break five. But the the problem with it was they didn't tell you that, you had no idea how long the break was going to be, and we just sat there waiting for it for months. Um, so hopefully they've, and I think some of that was COVID-related, hopefully they figured that out by now. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to Prodigy in specific whenever they announce the new season. I do, We do know it's happening at least. Um, so we are a couple weeks away from Picard. I'm sure we will get into that um, fairly quickly. Fairly quickly after it starts. Um, hopefully, the first episode will will get done the first week, the weekend after her release. But we'll figure that out specifically once um, it actually starts airing. So I'm going to close the log on this one. And uh, thanks for joining me, guys. And uh, uh, if you find one of these weird games somewhere, just don't send one here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>